Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that keeps you plugged in, keeps you in touch with your Houston Texans. That would be Texans All Access, and it's coming to you from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio across the hall from the locker room here at NRG Stadium. And it's Thursday, and we haven't done this in a while, so I'm really happy to be visiting with the General, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. It's been a while. General, how's it going? It's going great, thanks to my good buddy Rick Tendall, who's been kind enough to show for me to practice. And then he mm-hmm. took me to the Chronicle, do a Facebook Live. Then he brought me back over here. He's taking me everywhere, and I really appreciate Rick doing that. Well, that's because you haven't gotten the invoice yet. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll be, that I will in. be expensing it. <laughs> It'll go to the Chronicle. Because, General, you are playing in pain. You're on the pup list, but you're still working. So I guess you're off pup, really. You're I'm, off pup now. Yeah, I'm, I've never been in any pain, despite having a shoulder replacement, a broken arm, and a fractured big toe. I've That's never, it, huh? I've never been in, in pain. I have. Uh, my wife, Carol, has been in pain because she's had to do <laughs> so many things for me. You know, I sleep in a chair, and my terrible. I'm tired all the time. It's very good for your esophagus, though, to sleep in a can't chair. Can't drive, and I can't type. I've typed with one finger on my cell phone. I, so the Chronicle's been very understanding. I'm doing columns and stories, but it just take longer. And after the game on deadline, I can't do anything, but I do five things we learned in the game. And I right. You know, I couldn't go to camp. It's Greenbrier, and I couldn't go to the Kansas City game, and I can't go to L.A., but I missed that, but. Doctors told me I should be good to go to Foxborough for the first game, so that's what I'm geared up for. You might need to be, bring Rick with you there because that place is tough to get in and out of. Yeah, I'm Foxborough. sure Rick would have a good time making that drive mm-hmm. down from Boston to Foxborough. Yikes, that is just rough. All right, so oh, you're a one-finger typist. Are you dictating the stories just to get a little industry stuff in? In the old days, right, you used to have to do that on occasion right used Dictate to the story when i the started phone. off the waco tribune herald in 1973 and you would go like say a high school playoff game in another city right first thing you would do is find a phone phone booth and you would take change and afterward you keep your own stats high schools didn't keep them you run down nobody got quotes you just kept your stats and you ran down got in the car went to that phone booth prayed there was nobody there run in dial somebody answers in the sports department there was these contraptions on the phone where you could fit the phone on your shoulder perfectly yeah and it would be in front of you and you say like okay waco high you'd say like mark vandermeer threw three touchdown passes and rick tendall ran for another 142 yards to lead the waco high tigers to a 30 21 victory over gatesville in a class 2a by district playoff game friday night in gatesville period paragraph then you dictate your story like that. Wow. <clears throat> but that was pretty simple because, you know, who, what, where, when, and why. I, da- I downloaded a, 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 a app, and it's great when I'm talking into it, but the fact is I'm not used to dictating stories. And when I move it over into Word, I end up rewriting it all with my one finger. Right. So I have tried that. People say, why don't you just dictate? Well, if I'm dictating to you or Rick, you know, it's no it's no big deal to do something like that. I just dictate and send it to you. But when you're going in the Chronicle and Texas Sports Nation, our 29, 95-year pay site where all my stuff's been going lately, then uh, I just found it's difficult. And I can't wait till I type with two hands again, something that I've never had that problem. Yeah, the little things we take for granted. Okay, and I'm not taking the Greenbrier weather for granted. Oh, maybe well, I am. Yeah, right. 
after this week, the surface <laughs> of the sun temperatures for training camp with the 49ers, the joint practices, and, of course, three other sessions that took place this week at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Uh, what is? Give me a takeaway or two from the 49ers practices, General, as we just watched them square off twice. Uh, I thought the first thing, I was just stunned the fight right off the bat with DeAndre and mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward. And somebody said, well, that was a veteran move to get out of the heat. And I said, no, they knew how Bill O'Brien frowned on that. And it's not like DeAndre got to go take a cold shower. He had to go in the bubble and work by himself. And then Jimmy Ward had to move over on another field, so he still had to spend almost two hours in the heat. You'd rather be with your teammates doing their stuff. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan said it's good that they have – they want to be here. I asked John Lynch, I said, now, why don't you lobby the NFL next year – to play this game in Santa Clara like the 49ers and the Texans did two years ago, and then you can have those joint practices out there. He said he was, like, feeling the heat. He said, I will. Yeah. And uh, told Kyle Shanahan the same thing. I'm up for that. And um, I was watching Watson because we didn't get to see much of him, you know, going even though he couldn't be hit. He had a lot better day yesterday than today, I thought. And um, I don't care about the veteran players, Mark. All I want to do is see the younger guys. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to in the game is, again, the young guys, except for the offensive line. Today I watched an individual pass rush drills. I watched Senio Calamete, Julian Davenport, Zach Fulton, just bury guys, get them on the ground. And that's good. Now, they got beat a lot, too, because that's what happens in those one-on-one drills. And in the game – let me ask you this question. I just asked it on Facebook Live. According to Pro Football Focus, who was the second highest rated quarterback in the NFL the first weekend throwing from the pocket? Oh, that would have to be Brandon Weed. You're right. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is they kept him clean. The first yeah. team offensive line stayed in after Watson went out, and they did a good job. And he also got the ball out quickly. Yes, and that's something Bill O'Brien's constantly harping on with Weeden because that's not something Brandon was used to doing. It's been so long since Brandon played. And I thought, of all the things, because so many people are like, what in the world is O'Brien seeing Brandon Weeden? So now that was an example of what he sees in Weeden. Mm-hmm. And he finished the drives. And I, I thought that him and the play of the offensive line were really good. There were so many defensive starters, seven held out. And Duke Ejiofor with those three hits and his spin move, that was fun to watch. Now, I know you know this one. Pro Football Focus's highest-rated linebacker the first week is? Zach Cunningham. Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole, who had the tip and Cunningham had the pick. They have him not just inside, but inside and outside. Cunningham was real good. You know, if you think about all the positions on this team, you know, there are no issues at inside linebacker. You just hope they mm-hmm. can stay healthy. And uh, there's so much to like from this team. I was curious to see Garoppolo. You know, we got to see him when he beat the Texans at the end of last season. I have a column going tomorrow. Kyle Shanahan on Tyron Matthew. He game planned for him two times last year. He'd mm-hmm. seen him when he was with other teams in the NFL. But what did he say? He, uh, You'll have to read my column. All I'll right. Now, I'll tell you what he said. Give us a taste. With the Cardinals, he was all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, I said, well, I'm sure they'll move him around some, but you know, they're trying to just focus him on safety, not safety and corner, not slot corner. 
and I'm assuming Matthew will blitz some because he's really good. He talked about his instincts for playing defense, his instincts for recognizing things. He said, you know, we come out with a play, and we might do something thinking nobody's going to notice. All of a sudden, he notices. And he said that's something that it's it's instinctive, but it's also taught and shows you how hard he works. He said he's a good tackler. You know, he can he can turn and run. And, and I told him, I said, well, last year Matthew played more snaps than any player in the league, but he said he lost his confidence because, you know, he'd been hurt so much and he was always recovering for energy, injuries. And he said, let me tell you something, when that kid's healthy, he he is a great player. I said, what would you think when you heard Texans sign him? He said, good. Glad he's out of the division. Wow, that's good stuff right there. Multiple 49er people told me that they think this defense is going to be pretty good. The Houston defense is going to be pretty it's darn be, good. I think it's going to be better than pretty good. I tell people I think not only can it be number one in the league as it was two years ago, but it can have more impact on the game if they can avoid the major injuries. You know, right. You're not going to stay injury-free like Jacksonville last year, but you think about the three passers, the continued emergence of uh, – DJ Reader up front, and then the inside linebacker trio, and then the safe to me safety may be, will be I think the most improved position with Matthew, Kareem moving back there, and also Justin Reed. People say, what about the offensive line? I said, well, it's undergone the most transformation with four new starters, but I don't see it being a strength. You know, you just don't want it to be a weakness. Right. But I don't see it being a strength. But I think with Matthew and Kareem and Dave Reed, you know that there will be times when all three are playing. I said, that position is so much better than it was. I think the O-line, it's a good point you bring up, and Jamie Root sometimes tells me, never let perfection get in the way of getting better. You know what I mean? Like We all want it to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But if it gets better, how much better is that going to be with a healthy Watson who looked pretty darn good behind last year's line? I know I've said this before, Mark, but when he got hurt, the Texans were third in rushing, averaging 138 yards a game. And it wasn't all because of him running. It was because the way the defenses had to line up to prepare for him to run. Mm-hmm. That And when he went out, then they just closed in and closed the gap, dared somebody go around him outside, and nobody had the speed to get outside. And then you go from – Third, had had the Texans maintained that, they would have been second in rushing with 138 yards. And then, of course, they end up 31st. But Watson coming back, he's going to make the line look better. And people go, wow, that line's really improved. It Maybe it will. You know, Mike Devlin's real fired up about the possibilities based on everything he's seen so far. And the one I'm really pulling for is Chantrell Henderson. You know, knowing his story, Aaron Wilson did a great story on him from camp really telling me more than I wanted to know about all of his problems yeah. inside that he went through. But, man, one he's on a one-year contract. You know, what's he, 26 or 7? You pull for a guy like that. You want him to play so well, you guys have to give him a five-year contract next season. Luxury problem right there. You'd love to have that situation flare up. Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't use that terminology. Okay, wide receiver, John, three weeks into this deal, what do you think of the depth there behind Hopkins and Fuller? And your comments on Fuller, really, after seeing him bulked up following the OTAs, the break between OTAs and training camp. I mean, this guy's completely gone to work. Bulked up. You act like he's going to win some weightlifting contest. Andre Johnson slimmed down, still looks bigger than Will Fuller bulked up, but it's all relative, isn't it? Well, Andre was 230, and Will Fuller 
is always listed at 185. And I thought something was interesting. At the first 49ers practice, I was talking to Gerald Ice Cube McNeil from Baylor. He was here, and we were talking about his career ended with an Achilles tear. Mm. But he, he when Gerald played, Browns listed him like 140. He said, I was never 140. He said, I couldn't keep weight on. He said, and there were times at the end of the NFL season I weighed 117. Oh, he gosh. said, I can sympathize with Will Fuller and Kevin Johnson. We're talking about him, guys that can't keep on weight. And he said it happens, and no matter how much you eat, you just can't keep it. And I'm sitting there going, if oh, only. my God, why couldn't it be me? And uh, so the thing about Fuller with those 13 catches from Watson for seven touchdowns that averaged 28 yards a touchdown, I've told every outlet on fantasy football, jump on Will Fuller because he and Watson had something special on deep balls. Ellington's the third receiver. We – Everybody was fired up about Kiki QT, but he's hurt. And then Braxton Miller, eh, Sammy Coates right now, I'm not so sure I wouldn't keep him over Braxton. I I like what I see in Braxton. I think I've seen a lot of strides out of Braxton, and I want to see more in the games. Braxton looked pretty good last week. Let's see if he could take another step forward this week. Do you have faith in him staying healthy? Well, I you know, who who knows? I mean, these things are hard to predict, but – on my 53 right now, I still have six receivers and three really? tight ends. Yeah. Unless I – mean, the only way I see them keeping four tight ends – look, maybe they just feel like we got to keep four tight ends because we had that game week two where we had no tight ends. So they'll look at it like, eh, better have some numbers here. But you like the rookies an awful lot, and Ryan Griffin is just the OG there. So they're going to keep him. It's and all I, about Steven Anderson. If he drops passes yep. like he did against Kansas City, he's not going to make the name. Yeah, I mean, he's still a good receiver, but these other guys look pretty good too. So there's good competition there. And Lengel doesn't look like any slouch when he's out there as well. Did you, when you kept six receivers, where did you cut back? Uh, offensive line. I think back. offensive line. I had nine, and I think running back. Uh, certainly it's had Pope. Blake right now. Certainly had Pope. I think Pope is a good addition for them this year. He'd He's, be third, and then of course, don't I think uh, Foreman's got to be on either held on the roster two or three weeks because there's no way he's going to be ready for the first game considering. He's not ready now. I would think right now, and I don't know anything inside, but my gut tells me pup. So then you have Pope is third behind Blue. Do they keep four? I'm going to tell you this. I think Pope's the second back in the game. Unless it's an obvious, like, we need short yardage situation, we're going to run it for sure, then it's Blue. But I think Pope's versatility, the screens they can run with him, the guy's got some juice, and he's thick, too. People say, oh, he reminds me of Akeem Hunt. Well, with the speed, yeah, but he's got thickness to him. He's got girth, so I think they like that. Does he have speed like Akeem Hunt? Not quite, but he's pretty quick. I think he's. I think Hunt would win a race straight ahead, but I think lateral quickness. Pope's got that. He's got those kind of jets, and it's interesting. All right, let's talk more about Hold this. On. You keeping four backs? I'm keeping. Well, does Jay Prosh count as a back in your vocabulary? Yes, or I is think, he a separate I think they're going to keep Jay. I don't think Jay's gone. Yeah, I don't think so either. I thought the only way they don't is if a Michael Pruitt can run halfback stuff, and I, I look at it like this, John. With Jay Prosh, we don't see him that much in a Tom Savage-led offense. How much are we going to see him in the Deshaun Watson-led offense? And I don't base anything out of what I'm seeing out here because I think O'Brien is strictly vanilla out here. No chocolate sprinkles, no nuts. I saw so much vanilla out there today, 
and I just think he doesn't want to show anything to the world until September 9th. I like Praj. I think there's a place for him. Special teams, they need. It'll come down probably as Brad Seeley want him on special teams. The general stays with us here. At Texans All Access. More on some of the numbers as we grind down to the 53. Let's get into it on Texans All Access. It's Texans All Access, and we are in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, air-conditioned comfort after today's Surface of the Sun session at the Houston Methodist Training Center. General John McClain from the Houston Chronicle with us. All right, John, let's keep it going here on the roster stuff, but let's focus on the defense a bit. We'll get back to the offense in a bit. J.J. Watt, I think one mini-revelation from all of this, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but Watt started destroying people again in the last couple of days because this is his first competition, really, since the Kansas City game. So you have Watt against live competition. He's been going up against his teammates at the Greenbrier and stuff. Now he gets an opponent, and he's taking advantage of it, and it's good to see, and I say bubble wrap until September 9th. Thank you. I think there's no question. He knew this was – kind of his coming out party. He didn't play when he was healthy. Why should he play now? Mm-hmm. And there was some plays. There was a play today where he just blew by two people. Garoppolo was not looking at his blind side, and he was looking the other way, and J.J. was just in a game he would have just obliterated him. Of course, he pulled up, but he threw his hands out to show what he could have done. Brett Coomer from the Chronicle got a great picture of it. You know, we've been saying – J.J., we've always known he's going to play that first game. But today and yesterday, he looked like the J.J. Watt who was winning three NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards. Uh And people have asked me on Sports Radio 610, what do you think would be a good year for him? And I said, well, considering what he's been through, if he could come back and get eight, nine, ten sacks, which is what Clowney gets, Clowney's never had ten, and play the run well and stay healthy, that'd be a good season. But I know he would almost be insulted by that kind of performance because he expects to be back where he was, even though he won't tell anybody publicly. But those of us who know him know what kind of pride he has. And so I'm after watching him, I have to admit, watching him these two days, I think he can get back on that same level. He, it'd be a gradual process. Can't imagine he's just going to be like burst on the scene at New England. Mm-hmm. But I over the second half, you'd think he'd be better in the first half. But well, J.J. is back and he's all the way back yeah i would love to see that and i think that he'll be the first to say i don't know privately or whatever wise but it's all about being able to stay on the field you know the wear and tear effect how's that going to play out i don't know and maybe he can get back to that level he certainly looks like it right now and that's a really great thing to see just please stay there look we've been burned not by him but just by this team and maybe by this sport with too many injuries over over time over history to really assume anything, but you can definitely say this. He'll start out September 9th in great form, and that's good news as you're taking on Tom Brady and the Patriots. Watt, Clowney, and Merciless will all be there. Like, I've never doubted for a second Jadavian wasn't going to be ready to go for New England. So those three on the field together, if they can stay together, Mm -hmm. DJ's continue emergence. Mm -hmm. I really like everything about him. You know, what do you think about this? Okay, say Clowney's a linebacker instead of right. an end. Okay, who's the right end? Brandon Dunn played pretty well. Mike Vrabel right. told me that what a great job Anthony Weaver had done coaching Brandon Dunn, and mm-hmm. Brandon 
was playing real well. Well, What about Covington, who looks so strong right now? So if you put Dunn Mm -hmm. at nose tackle, like over the second half of the year, then Readers goes to right end. And Watt's still in there, obviously. And then there's Covington. Mm -hmm. Can Christian win that job? Joel Heath started there last year for nine games, and Joel's been hurt. Has he been back yet? I haven't even noticed. Uh, Joel, I saw today. So, uh, look, I think what you're dealing with there is the strongest position group on the team. Angelo Blackson looked yeah. good in the game. Yes, he did, and he looks good in practice Carlos as well. Carlos Watkins is improving. Carlos Watkins is not going anywhere. I think that he, – but here's the thing. Blackson's emergence, and I'm not so sure if he's going to take a spot if they only keep six on the D-line, but it's going to be interesting to see because you know they like Watkins. That's a tough cut. It's a tough cut indeed. Ooh. But I've only got six there, and I've got the eight linebackers, and Clowney's not even one of them. Clowney, to me, is the plus one in the front seven. So I'm going to go six on the D-line, eight the linebackers, and plus one is Clowney, and then I have nine defensive backs. That's how I'm playing it out. Because at outside linebacker, I have Whitney, I have Scarlett. Then I got Duke Edgefor, right? Right. Now, I could put Clowney in there as the next guy, but maybe they like Peter Kellambay to hang around and play outside linebacker. Latroy Lewis is another player that they kind of like at outside linebacker. I think Kellambay is more in line to be ticketed for the practice squad, but he could play his way on. I don't see him keeping two rookies at at uh, linebacker. Well, Edgefor is a lock. It, it, based on the way he's played so far, yeah. he's got an Now, it could be Greg that. White, but we'll see. Greg Remember, White every played, play that Edgefor made, he was down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was playing like he played in college with yeah. Wake Forest. He was in his stance, and then he just abused that right tackle. And he had a good spin move. And so mm-hmm. he was fun to watch. We'll get to see him a lot more. I don't, yep. They're not going to play White. Nope. So it's great for him, but... Uh, who are your last two linebackers? Okay, if you count Clowney as a linebacker, you got one more. Uh, outside, I got but Scarlett. Total. Clowney. You said you're keeping eight. Well, I got to go with uh, with Cole behind Cunningham and McKinney inside. Don't you have to find four inside linebackers? Yeah, I got Peters. Oh yeah, of course Brian's four. Yeah, and then Scarlett's five, Whitney's six. But here's another one. As you four seven. Yeah, I don't I don't think he steals a spot from Peters, but. He's going to be a tough cut. Josh Kyes, who had two big hits in that game. I'm not saying it's anything. Who knows? Maybe it's just preseason Mr. August stuff. But let's just watch as these preseason games unfold. Because to me, as you pointed out earlier, that's what these preseason games are for. You know, the starters, whatever. But you want to see these guys fight for their lives. And Kyes is one of those guys. And that's entertaining to me. Watching football at this level, those guys try to matriculate into employment in this league. Okay, thank you, Hank Stram. Um, I tell you what, I love that word. Kai's is a veteran, mm-hmm. and he should be doing well at this time of year. Yeah, you got all these rookies wondering where, where's what and when, mm-hmm. and a veteran should come in here and kick some butt early on when he's coming off the bench against a lot of inexperienced players. Trying to win a job. So maybe he will win it, but I don't see it. Mm-hmm. They've got to have four inside linebackers, and then uh, the four outside, but you're right, Clowney. If Clowney plays outside linebacker with Merciless, there's no better outside linebackers in the league. And if you combine them with McKinney and Cunningham, tell me a group of linebackers four mm-hmm. better than the Texans. But, but you know they're going to move them around. So they they might slide Clowney inside and put Scarlett outside with Merciless and Watt, Clowney, Merciless, Scarlett, and maybe shove in somebody else in an obvious like long down in distance. Let's throw Edge of Four in there too. Whoever can go after the quarterback and get him. Maybe you leave a big body in there like Covington or Reader. I thought it was very interesting. You remember Romeo, sometimes there would be one lineman on the field in 2016 because Watt was out. 
Right. And you'd have Clowney standing up over the center. And yeah. Romeo's creativity to me is just so much fun to that watch. That was brought up to me today by people who are not in the Texans organization, how large it is to have Romeo in charge of this group of players. And he's got some talent, more talent than Vrabel had last year. But here's the deal. And I thought I was talking to O'Brien about Watson. He was talking about Watson's development. So much of it comes from what he sees in practice because of all the things that Romeo does. Mm -hmm. So all those things he's doing helps Watson because he's seeing a lot. Right. And if he sees anybody else running that kind of stuff, it won't be a stranger. All right, now let's go to the secondary. As they matriculate down the field. It's funny because we were in Kansas City where Stram obviously said that. Matriculated down the field. A long time ago, 50-plus years ago. (laughs) But – they have they had some kind of commercial for a local whatever it was, and they were talking about matriculating and they were really? using the word and picking it apart. It was just kind of funny, uh, and I love that term. Anyway, General, what about the secondary here as you have Jonathan Joseph and Kevin Johnson outside and Colvin's playing the slot? You have Kareem. Johnson, Balamosi, has got to be there for special yeah. teams. That's four corners. Mm-hmm. And you got the top three safeties we talk about, and who else, Drummond and, and Moore? That's five and four. Uh, Drummond, Corey Moore, Reed, Kareem, and Honey Badger. Don't you need an extra corner instead of a safety since the corners get hurt? You might, but Kareem can play the slot, I yeah, think. Yeah, you're right. He can do anything. I mean, in a pinch, because are you going to take a rookie or whatever, a D-Virgin you're or right. a Kareem? No, you're right. I mean, I guess you could, but I don't think they will. So those, all those, the backups, Corey, mm-hmm. who was a starter till he got hurt, with he and Curtis Drummond in his fourth season, so they are the last two. Right. Okay. I mean, so, Corey Moore started 11 games in the last two years. Well, they don't even need to play. That's They're already set. Yeah. I mean, that's – you're right. I mean, I think they're just going to see how it plays out, see if anybody really pops. I know they like this Josh Thornton, and maybe he can end up on the practice Big squad play Josh. Yeah. <laughs> One of the neat things about the Kansas City game, and I'm sure you didn't see this when you and Andre were in the booth, but – Romeo, after Thornton knocked that play down and they withstood a first and goal at the one, and Thornton knocked it down, Romeo was smiling so big. And, you know, those guys have busted their butt through the OTAs, mini camp, training camp, and to make a play and make a, have a series like that, a lot of them won't be around. Mm-hmm. He was so happy because, you know, that that's their reward for all the hard work they've put in. Who is somebody that – you're leaving out on your positions that could you just mentioned Josh Thornton, mm-hmm. but I think he's more of a practice squad guy. Is there a corner like D Virgin? Is there a linebacker? We mentioned Peter Kalambaye mm-hmm. in this what was he, his sixth? Yeah. And uh who's a couple of guys that you've seen that you think have a chance to be a surprise? Is there an undrafted free agent gonna make this team like they do almost every year? I don't see one that stands out. I don't see it either. I really don't. No Dylan Cole, who we all knew instantly. Right. No offensive lineman. Roderick Johnson, I don't know if But he's they not really, an undrafted free That's agent. right, he's not. He's, he was with Cleveland. Fourth-round so, pick, right? Yeah, so we'll see if uh, if he turns into something. As I think they're going to give him a nice long look at tackle again, both sides maybe, Good. in this they game. Need, they need depth at tackle. So they they absolutely do. It's still the biggest question mark about this football team, and you'd hate to have to dip into the waiver wire or whatever else, you know, the street. Guys cut from 90 to 53. People don't get rid of good tackles. No, it's like pitching in baseball, especially this time of year. Can't have enough. Yeah, you're not you're not going to get rid of that. 
uh, specialists here as Kaimi Fairbairn uh, gets nicked up or whatever, and now they bring in Rose. So we'll see how that plays out in the next couple of weeks. I don't think there's any kind of panic there. But they're well on their way to New England already. Two weeks from tonight, they play their final preseason game against the Cowboys, and then you go into a long, extended game week as you get ready for the New England Patriots. I do like this with this joint practice couple of sessions they had with the 49ers, that they're not playing the 49ers. Last year, you played the Patriots in the preseason. You had a couple of sessions with them, and then you played them week three. Now, it doesn't sound good to me to put it that way, yet you almost beat them. You probably should have beaten them. Should have beaten them. So maybe it did help you more than them. I don't know. Um, I, I, You know, Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien, they don't even need to worry. We already got the roster set. We got to figure it out for them. Will you type that up and email it to them? Yeah, I'm sure they're uh, going to really listen to <laughs> what I have Us. to say. But here's the, here's the other thing. They're looking around at other teams. Of course they and are. They're lo- 49ers. They're watching the Niners. The Niners yep. are watching them. Mm-hmm. What do you, all right, so what do you One think? of the all-time best moves like that I've seen was in 95. The Oilers had Steve McNair, and they went to Maryville, Tennessee, to scrimmage before they played against the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And the Redskins had a rookie tight end they cut named Frank Wycheck. Uh They had seen enough of him in practice to like him, and they claimed him, and he turned out to be one of the best players in franchise history. Wow. And a good broadcaster. And that's how they got him. So huh? that's why you that's have to amazing. keep an eye. On, when you have these joint practices, man, you're studying the other team like crazy. What do you think of all the former Texans employees on the 49ers? It was reunion time. I asked today. Kyle Shanahan about this again. He said, when you have interviews, guys are prepared. They come in. They can fool you. They know mm-hmm. what to say. They've got professionals helping them. But then when you've worked with guys and spent time with them, you know them. You know what they're about. You know what you're getting. And he said he's felt so much more comfortable. That Robert Sal- Sally, Sala. Sala, I said, remember when we used to wait outside the dressing room, the media to go in, he always came out and left. He was the first one out. Now he's a defensive coordinator. And he was telling me what he saw about him back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, Richard Hightower, he was in marketing. Now he's a coach for the 49ers. John, tomorrow I've got an interview with him that's going to air. It's amazing how far he's come. He was inflating the bouncy houses, all right, outside Budweiser <laughs> Plaza. That's how he started. Now he's special teams coordinator. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's a great story, and it shows you if you work hard and you're easy to relate to. And Jay Bernetti, the, 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 the uh, equipment man. Uh, Jeff Scanina, former Jeff Texas Scanina, player that's and coach. Right. They're D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, of course. You ever heard of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. I said hello to him today, as a matter of fact. And so, so I think that is very cool that they're, they're all working with Kyle. It just shows you, not just in football, but any job, you better be nice to the p- person next to you. You never know when he's got a chance to hire you and give you a lot of money. I mean, Hightower and Salah were as low as you can get here on the football side of things, and now look at them. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's no, a tribute it's, to them. It is. And the work they put in. All right, the general stays with us. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Let's go around the league and how it relates to the Texans. What's happening in the rest of the AFC South and then other stuff as well on Texans All Access. Texans All Access.
It's the show that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. Mark Vandermeer and John McClain with you on Texans All Access tonight. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, of course. And, General, as we watch the Texans square off with the 49ers this week, a couple of sessions at the Houston Methodist Training Center and the game on Saturday night, what about the rest of the AFC South? Give me a little update. I wanted to ask you this the other day when we had you on Texans Monday, but give me a little update as to what's going on in Tennessee with Mariota and company. I can't wait to talk about Jacksonville and Jalen Ramsey. But yeah, we with Tennessee, Mike Vrabel, everybody says, has upped the intensity level on everything, mm-hmm. on practice, on training camps, on getting in and out of the building. Yeah, Bill, you, you are where you've been. Like, mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien got a lot of his stuff from Belichick, so did Vrabel. Vrabel got a lot from O'Brien, so he wants them running everywhere. Their facility up there, you know, they don't have to walk like they do here. They right. just come out, and they're on the field, and he wants them running, and he wants them to play fast, and they're really pumped about him. They like Matt LaFleur, the offense he's put in, which is so much better on paper and in practice and camp than uh, Terry Rabisky. Than exotic smash mouth? Yeah, yeah, one reason Mike Malarkey got fired was because people thought his offense was too conservative, boring, uh, predictable. Right. And Terry Rabisky, who should be a position coach, not a coordinator, was the one that was overseeing it. People are fired up about LaFleur. The Titans believe they can win the divisions, like the Texans believe it and the Jaguars believe it. And with Andrew Luck back, you know, Andrew's going to have a big say in who wins the division. Yeah, he will. He'll have and I know say, you're excited that he's back. Yeah, we're so excited. Uh, he'll have a big say in who, who loses the division, too. Good, because well, yes. you lose to the Colts, what a dent that is. And division teams will lose to the Colts. What a dent that is to your chances of winning the AFC South. I'm not saying every division team is going to lose to the Colts, but they're going to take some people down if nothing else. And you're right. Who's to say that they can't be a surprise team in this division with a healthy Andrew Luck back that concerns me an awful lot, but, hey, let's just see what happens. I turned into the Chronicle for our football section Friday about my predictions, and I have three teams from the AFC South making the playoffs, and I have no problem justifying it. Nobody's in the east other than mm-hmm. New England. Nobody's in the north other than Pittsburgh, so it comes to the west. Chargers play 16 road games. They don't have a home field advantage like yeah. every other team in the league why are they such a sexy pick though i don't know i don't understand that in fact paul karski and i were on our tennessee show and he picked him i said paul would you pick any team in the league if it had to play every game on the road Mm. he goes well no but i said they have no home field advantage so and then kansas city i guess you know would pick him pick andy Reid, but patrick mahomes you know andy's got all kind of confidence in him obviously and i'm not impressed so far with anything the raiders do but I don't see a team there that you can justify being better than the Titans or the Texans based with everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did it. And I I didn't do this, but I, somebody asked me, it was on Facebook Live, to give them something. I can't remember what they said. It was like juicy. I said, okay, how about this? Last game of the year here. Game gets flexed. It's in prime time. Mm-hmm. Jaguars oh, win gosh. and win the division with 11-5 and five record. Texans are 10-6. and six. They play in the playoffs in Jacksonville, and the Texans beat them in advance to the championship game at New England. Okay, then. Okay, then. By the way, Kansas City, in prepping for that game, and I knew this, but I forgot it, Alex Smith had the number one quarterback rating in the National Football League last year. 
And they trade him. And they lost in the playoffs again. I know, and that's unacceptable. That's why, that's why they did what they did. Yeah, yeah, they need a little p- more pop in the playoffs. But in doing that, and look, maybe Mahomes turns out to be really good. In doing that, they might have lost something because they were efficient quarterbacking throughout the regular season and won the division. We'll see how that shakes out Efficient, for them. that's right. But efficient's not getting you the Super Bowl. Yeah, probably not. Paul, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a lot of interceptions trying to force balls in. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hit their forehead and go, what did we do? Because Smith didn't turn it over. Then he's going to hit the big one down the field, the home run. And they're going to go, that's why we got rid of Alex Smith. You know, the funny thing about this week is 2015, the Texans play the Chiefs twice. Playoffs in the opener, and they get beaten twice. And you look at how many people are still on the Chiefs from that team. Very few Chiefs remain from that 2015 squad. And then you look at Cecil Shorts, who's doing a lot of media around here, and the amount of offensive players that he played with for the Texans, and the number is very skinny. You know, when you look oh at goodness, Alfred yes. Blue and DeAndre Hopkins, and all of a sudden you're down to nothing. So it shows you how quickly life changes in this league. And I always like bringing this up. The rosters flip so fast. Now, Jacksonville, they flipped into something really good. They went to the AFC Championship game. What about what Jalen Ramsey had to say this week? I'll guarantee you, you know this, Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone had smoke oh. coming out of their ears. Mm-hmm. When a guy does a story in the off season, he did that months ago because of deadline, that's usually set up through the agent or marketing people, yep. not for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, why did they interview Jalen Ramsey of every player in the NFL? And then they got controversy, and that's what they wanted. Yep. And before every game, it's going to be a controversy like – when the Texans play the Jaguars, you think we won't be asking Clowney about calling Bortles trash? Mm-hmm. Asking Bortles about Clowney calling trash? Problem is, for them, they've got multiple teams. And I don't remember how many they play, trash so many people. But I thought I was shocked. Yeah. And I, I you know, he, did, he wasn't like that last year. And he's a great player. And I saw somebody, Ryan Clark on ESPN, praising him for saying it. And I'm like, what? Why? He said, well, it's his confidence, and he started going back to the fight with A.J. Green last year, and I made no sense, but I guarantee you they don't like it because you do not want to give anybody any extra incentive, and he did. Oh, he certainly did. He said nice things about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so he's going to win a couple of MVPs. At I hope point. he's right about that. Well, yeah, I'd settle for one. I don't agree with him on Roethlisberger. You can't oh, say Roethlisberger is not. just okay. Of course not. He looks stupid. He didn't look smart at all on the things he said. Right. He looked kind of ignorant. All right, other than that, the Jaguars this preseason, anything sticking out to you, or we just have to wait till we get Everything to the Everything that we think about the Jaguars, we know they get a great defense. We know they get a good running game. They improve their offensive line, and so we're sitting there thinking, okay, it's all about Bortles. Right. Can he be the quarterback he was in the playoffs? Can he be the quarterback he was against the Texans when he was great? Uh, that's the whole key about the Jaguars. All right, other teams on Houston's schedule here. Dallas, obviously this is going to be a I'll huge game. I think the Cowboys game. to win that division. Oh, really? I think they're going to be back, running the ball well, healthy offensive yes, line. Yes, he'll lead the league in rushing. He'll beat Saquon Barkley. Uh-huh. Todd Gurley will have the most all-purpose yards because he's such a good receiver. What about Philadelphia? Step back. I picked them to get a wild card. Okay. And uh, I think it, this everything came together for the Eagles last year, and it's so hard to repeat mm-hmm. unless you're the Patriots. But I think <laughs> Cowboys were 9-7 and seven without Ezekiel Elliott for six games. Right. And they're a run-oriented team. 
I think they're going to be good. I think the Texans are going to beat them here in one of the, which is kind of like the ultimate for Texans fans, even though the game's not as important as the conference or division games. Any other thoughts change about your opinion regarding the Texans' schedule based on what you've seen developing this preseason? I think they they got to split those first two. Mm-hmm. And they could have beaten the Titans up there last year if uh, Savage hadn't thrown an interception in the end zone. Yeah. And uh, and then New England, besides blowing the game on the defense, they scared the Patriots in the playoffs the year before. So I'm not, you know, maybe in my lifetime I'll see the Texans win a game in Foxborough. And if it <laughs> happened this season, it won't surprise me because right. New England. Look what happened last year when New England got killed by the Chiefs in the first game. Yep. Sometimes they're notorious slow starters and. And uh, I I think there's a chance I would never pick it mm-hmm. that if the Texans pulled off an upset I wouldn't be surprised as far as beating the Titans on my schedule prediction I I have them splitting those two. Well I did the numbers and it's not like they lose more often than not in the first couple of weeks but when they do lose it's more likely to happen in the first couple of weeks of the season so there's that yeah so they got a lot of new players Brady's a year older. Yeah. And uh, they've got to incorporate different receivers. They've got they got a lot of new players, and I don't know what their injury situation is right now, but I think it's going to be fun. You know, usually I dread every trek to, trip to Foxborough because mm-hmm. it's such a pain to drive from Boston down. But this time I'm going to be doing it with a lot of excitement because I think after that game last year, which was Watson's second start. Yeah. Second start. Yeah, they had an extra one in couple Foxborough. of days. Yeah, should have won. Uh, my opinion is this, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong. You know, people ask me how they're going to do. I don't know if they'll win the division. I do think they're one of the six best teams in the AFC. Oh, I do too. So, yeah, with everybody healthy or most people healthy. So, there's that. And maybe that's enough to – it should be enough to get them into New the playoffs. New England, obviously. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Houston. Who are your other two? Uh, Kansas City and San Diego? In, in the West, you know, I don't know about San Diego. I – I, it's hard for me to believe in Mahomes, but I think I got to go with Mahomes here. So I, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. You got one more in your top six. Who's the other one? I I, I agree with you. Tennessee? I think this is going to be like 2007 when the AFC South got three teams in the postseason and the Texans at eight and eight finished in last that year in the division. John, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? I'm doing a, a, a story tomorrow with with Kyle Shanahan, as I mentioned earlier, talking about Tyron Matthew. Right. Had some really good, insightful, informative things to say about him. Uh, Aaron Wilson's writing about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The uh, Would he be middleweight or heavyweight? Uh, mid, uh, he, I well, think no, he's, he's, he's too, what, 250? Yeah, I mean, so? boxing is, is weird that way. Okay, well, heavyweight champion, champion of the world, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and Brian T. Smith's writing about the offensive line. Okay. And I'm writing a thing on Saturday, I've already mentioned, about Brandon Whedon and Dylan Cole playing so well and leading the offense and the uh, defense against the Chiefs and see what they do uh, against the Niners. General, thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you very much, Mark. Good to be back. Great to have you here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Great to visit with the General John McClain. We want to thank everyone for listening today. Thank you so much, as we will have Texans All Access for you tomorrow with a ton of interviews from practice this week, including that guy we talked about, Richard Hightower, former Texans employee who's the special teams coordinator with the 49ers. Amazing story how he rose to that position and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Have a great evening, everyone, and go Texans. Go Texans.